Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. The new beyond invites us to go farther and deeper than you ever thought you could go. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Each of us can build. Each of us can teach and reach inside. We can guide. And what we leave is up to each of us. Hey, Beyond Squad listeners. It's Judith. And this week's episode is the audio from an interview I did on the Unleashed and Unstoppable podcast, hosted by Alex Leanne Carter and Carol Register. Alex and Carol are certified performance neuro coaches who help their clients optimize their performance through confidence, self-worth, and courageous action. In this episode, we look at transformation and leadership development through the lens of my experience as a pioneering teacher and coach of nearly 50 years in the field. We talk about the early days of my career as a woman in a field populated largely by men, how that context shaped me, and how the challenges I faced then are still faced by women today in the corporate world. We discuss the kind of mindset and conditioning females are taught throughout their lives and how many of those principles need to be unlearned if a woman is to succeed as a leader in today's world. So join us for this fascinating conversation with deep and profound implication for female leaders today. Let's tune in. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome. Today is a very, very special episode. We get to celebrate our one-year anniversary from when we launched Unleashed Unstoppable podcast last year. And today we have a very, very, very special guest with us. This is someone I hold very dear to my heart, Judith. She has been part of my leadership journey. She has stood for me. She's helped me realize so many places where I get to go in my breakthrough in leadership and just overall helped me really step into being a more bold, irresistible bold leader and understanding the feminine of being a woman and the place and the role that femininity plays in leadership. And so, um, as we're jumping on today, I actually just came off of being recorded on her podcast where we we dove into this a little bit more and and looked at different angles of where the masculine shows up in our leadership and where we get to embody more femininity. And so, Judith, it is such an honor for you to be here today, and I'm going to pass it over to Carol. Oh, nice. wow. I'm so glad you're here, Judith. So nice to be here with you. Um, you are such a a wonderful human being and the things that you put out into this world and somebody I really look up to. So I want to share with you 
Judas Bio. She is a pioneering teacher in the field of transformation and consciousness. She's an accomplished, and let me say accomplished is a mild word, transformational <laughs> and leadership development trainer with nearly 50 years experience, hello, in training, <laughs> facilitation, personal and executive coaching and public speaking. And I tell you, she's done this throughout the U.S throughout Europe, Russia, Asia, and South America. And she's also the author of a best-selling book. Go grab it right now. It's Beyond the Box, Lean Out, Break Three, and Rise Up. Lean, did I say that right? Lean Out, Break Free, and Rise Up. Yes. Woohoo! Yes, yes. It was published in 2018, and it's got the tools to support you in reinventing yourself. Um, now, I love your podcast as well. Judith has the um, New Beyond podcast, which is so powerful. And it's available wherever podcasts are found. So Judith, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. We're going to put your bio in the show notes so everybody can read the full thing and my goodness, we have so much that we want to ask you. Um, Thank you so much, Carol. I'm excited to be here. Thank I'm you. really, I'm really glad you're here. Are, are you good if we dive in with one of our questions? Please, I okay. can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> so, in our programs, we have a letter that we have you write from your 85-year-old self so that you can look at it giving perspective. And you are an octogenarian. Wow. Um, so I, yep. I would love for you to give us perspective now that you are in your 80s, right, an octogenarian, what, what we can learn and glean from you in regard to if you could write this letter to yourself, maybe some things that we should think about as well. I love this question. You know, um, I have been in relationship with my 90 year old for many years. Wow. I, I recall maybe when I was about your ages or younger, even yeah. this having a sense about my own self at age 90. And at that time, that was way out there in the future. So she was a, a voice from the distant future. But I was in relationship with her. And I would seek her counsel and seek her comfort and, and you know, ask her questions. And like, you know, she was way out there in the future. So her voice was kind of distant and not all that clear. Well, let me tell you, she's right here on my shoulder. You know, my 90-year-old, I'm 81. So we're talking nine years out there. Wow. So when you say 85, that's only four years mm -hmm. out in the future from where I am at this moment, just to give a little context. So, yeah, if I could, so if I could write a letter from this place back to my younger self? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Or write a letter to anyone, write a letter to the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we're, when we're looking at the perspective of writing a letter from our 85 year old self, it's, it's taking us out of the short term, right? It's really bringing us 
into the life that we're building while we're in the present now. And so that's that's kind of where I'm asking the the question from. Would you agree, Alex? Well, and it was it was interesting because I was thinking I'm like it's something it's activity it was something that I did a couple weeks ago in my thesis workshop and I switched it because oftentimes we're like in our present day writing the letter to our 85 year old self. And on that mm-hmm. particular day, I swapped it. I said, what if we actually went forward to 85 and then wrote it to our present day self? And so then as Carol and I were chatting, I'm like, I'm really curious from Judith's perspective because she's almost yeah. there. Like she's actually yeah. in the moment. And a lot of times we're in yeah. our moments and we're really looking, as you said, like from this distant perspective, whereas like you're, you're, you're there and just so curious from someone yeah. who is there. Like, yeah. What okay. would you so, all say right. well, or, or share for our listeners? All right. Here's the dish. Life. Here's the dish, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's all going to turn out mm. and it's going to turn out better than you ever thought it would. Wow. And it's going to, it, it, you are the central player in, in this movie called your life. You're the star actress. Um, and so you get to assume that place, not from a place of ego, but from a humble, heart-centered, compassionate, loving being. And so this is me talking to my younger self. Um, you didn't always know this about yourself. You didn't always feel this about yourself. There were many times in your life, many instances in your life when you felt like nobody was really there for you and like you didn't fit and you didn't belong. And, you know, it's like you didn't even belong in your family, like, you know, like you were invisible. Mm. And I I want you to know, little one, that all of that is going to feed who you become. So... Trust the process would be the main, I think, the Mm -hmm. main message is there are going to be a lot of changes. You're not going to succeed at everything. There are going to be failures. You're going to fall down. You're going to skin your knees. You're going to be stopped dead in your tracks. It's all going to turn out. It all has a purpose. It's all useful. Don't be afraid, you know, just Trust yourself. I would also say to her, remember when you were a little girl and you lived up in the far northern part of Michigan, almost to the upper peninsula in an area of the state that didn't even have electricity yet. This was in the 1940s. There were dirt roads. You lived on a farm. There was no electricity. There was no running water. There was no indoor plumbing. You came up through challenging and difficult circumstances and, and you're here, you know, you've made it and all Mm -hmm. of that has served you. So I want to say to my little girl and to all the little girls and all the younger women out there, your life is unfolding. I would say in divine right order, Mm -hmm. your life is being guided by forces that are greater than you are. Now I'm, you know, some people might interpret that as 
God or religion or it doesn't matter. I, I don't put a label on it. I just believe that there, there are greater forces at work in our lives that we can't see, but are always present for us, with us, guiding us, supporting us. We can call mm-hmm. them angels. We can call them God, whatever we want to call them, that we are surrounded always by love. Why? Because who we are is love. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. It's not out there somewhere. So that would be like from my 85-year-old self, I would say that trust that love is who you are. And that's kind of a, I don't know, kind of a Hallmark card sounding euphemism. <laughs> what does that really mean? You know, but the older I have become, the more I see that all there really is and all that really matters is love. It all comes down to that and that it's who I am. It's who you are. It's who we all are, that we are the love we spend a lifetime looking out there for, that we think somebody Mm -hmm. else is going to bring to us. No, that's not going to happen. No one or nothing is going to love you in the way that only you can love you. So your biggest gift and responsibility that you can give to yourself and ultimately to the world and to your loved ones is to love who you are, is to fall in love with who you are, not as a personality, not as an ego, not based on your performance, not on what you achieve or what you acquire, none of that. It's an all an inside game. Now, that's a hard thing to get for a younger person because, you know, in our youth, we are, we're conditioned to be striving. I mean, uh, Alex and I just talked about this on my podcast <laughs> a few minutes ago, how women particularly are conditioned to strive and please and perform and achieve and be acceptable And at the end of the day, after we've done all that, and you will do all that, and we all do all that, we do it as a way to learn, and we ultimately come to the understanding that that's not it. Wow. That's not it. And at the end of the day, Mm. you know, we come in, we're born, we make that trip down the birth canal, which... Alex's little one is about to do. We make that trip down the birth canal actually alone. Now, mom is helping, mom is pushing, mom is cooperating, all of that. But we but we really do come in alone. We're like a stranger in a strange land in those first few months of life. What is this place? Where am I? Who are these people? What's going on here? Why is it so loud and so bright? Right? <laughs> So we come in and we're not of this world when we come in. We're of, we're from somewhere else. You know, we're from the transcendent, whatever that is. We come in from the field, I like to think. <laughs> from the quantum field, the field yeah. of all, the field of all potential. And mm-hmm. we leave when we leave. We leave this body we're in that place alone in our last hours. We're in there alone. Hopefully, 
you'll be surrounded by loving family members and friends as you're making your final journey out of this place. But ultimately, it is you who will make that journey out. Now, in between, hopefully it's a long time. Hopefully you all get to your 85th birthday and beyond, Mm -hmm. you know? So what, what's going to matter when you get here? What's going to matter to you when you're 85? You know, you want to live your life in such a way that when you get to be my age, you look back at the journey and you, you like, wow, that was interesting. Wasn't it? Wow. That was fun. Wasn't it? Wow. That was scary. Wasn't it? Well, that was hard. That was difficult. You know, it was everything. You know, it's like I think the Buddhists call it the full catastrophe. It's the full catastrophe of life. Don't avoid anything. Don't avoid anything. It's all there for your teaching. You are loved. You matter. That's it. That's the short answer. <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. Was that like gold nugget after gold nugget? I'm like trusting ourselves, trusting the process and it all being about love. I mean, I, I'm going to have to re-listen to this, Judith. I can just tell you. <laughs> Me too, because a lot of the times I don't remember what just came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. The the one thing that hits me, though, as we were saying, like, with society and the way women are, some you know, showing up oftentimes in leadership roles, what are some maybe some practical things, Judith? Because definitely on this higher level, and I mean, having worked with you, I mean, I will admit, right, at the beginning when we started working together, there was some resistance to that, right? Because of our automation, because of our beliefs in society and as working in potentially like, you know, quote unquote, broken corporate model, that kind of piece. Yeah. How can the listener who is like, okay, Judith, this all sounds great. And in hindsight, but here, this is where I am today. And this is how I'm feeling. And I have a hard time looking at myself in the mirror. I have a hard time feeling the love and, and feeling intimacy, right? I think that was, that was, that's a, a word that I know that you speak into a lot. And, yeah. and that is a word that from the first moment I heard that word in transformation, I remember it, it didn't sit well for me. Like it's taken me a while to say the word, even intimacy without, without there being any meaning to it. So where, where would you advise someone to start even on this, this journey to be able to love themselves and ultimately see that at the end of the day, it is love. And that, so I would remind you that you can do hard things, (laughs) that it doesn't matter if it's hard yeah, and it doesn't matter if you feel resistance. That's fine. Don't resist your resistance. Mm. A lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Their resistance sets up a whole cycle and a whole pattern of being stuck and being shut down and being, and being disconnected. But I would say move into those places, like a little, a a little reminder in your brain that when you feel resistance, interpret that as an invitation to lean in rather than pull back. Mm. Um, You know, I, I 
I coach people, put a little post-it note on your bathroom mirror that says, remember, R-E-M-E-M-B-E-R. Remember. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means remember who you are. Mm. And to remember yourself, the members of yourself, the parts of yourself that you've split off, that you've rejected, that you've pushed away, you know, that you've made wrong, that you've judged, you look in the mirror and what do you see? You see the flaws, you see mm-hmm. the wrinkles, you see the the dark spots, you see the, you know, all the things. I do this exercise. Alex, you'll remember mm-hmm. that we did it. Yeah. And you know, what do people see is they see their, you know, their, their flaws because we're just conditioned to look that way. Look and, you know, put that sign up on the mirror and then remember who's in there. To bring, to remember, to member again, to bring together again, the members of who you are, to come into wholeness. So to practice doing it over and over. Remember, Alex, I had you do it for like a week, Mm -hmm. every day for a week, go stand in front of the mirror in silence and just connect and be with yourself and just notice. Uh, So all the conversations are going to come up. All the judgments are going to come up. All the criticism. I still have it. It's all going to come up. Just notice it. You don't have to believe it. That would be another thing. Don't believe everything you think. (laughs) Yeah. Don't believe everything you think. Because sometimes the mind is not the best neighborhood to be in. No. It can be a really tricky neighborhood. And so... Uh, Listen to your heart. Your heart knows. So to drop down into, you know, when you notice yourself from a practical tip. And of course, the key is, you know, it's one thing to have the intellectual understanding about what this would be a good idea to do. And then Mm -hmm. it's another thing to actually have the awareness in the moment to do it. That's why I think a hack to use that term, a neurohack would be to put that little post-it note up that mm-hmm. says, remember. I tell people, yeah. put it on the visor of your car. Mm-hmm. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your computer screen. Mm-hmm. A little memory jog. Remember. Ooh, what does that mean again? Oh, remember who I am. Well, who am I, by mm-hmm. the way? So that's, you know, that's part of the work from my older self. To the younger ones out there, your job is to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Your job is to do the work. And it is work. And it is a lifetime of work. Mm-hmm. It is work I am still engaged in. And if you're really, really smart, you'll be on that journey for the rest of your life. If you're really, really smart, you will not come to a place where you think you're done or you think you know it all or you think, you know, you're baked and cooked. No, no, that's only an indication. If you ever get there, that really, let that be a signal to you. Not so much. You're really off track here. But to stay in the humility of not knowing, Mm -hmm. of knowing that you don't know. Knowing that you don't know. Knowing that you don't know. Knowing that there's more that you don't know. 
then that you do know. And to be in that place of beginner's mind, lifelong learning, long life learning, curiosity, stay curious. I mean, I have recently come to the awareness that curiosity is one of our greatest superpowers. Mm, And as an 81-year-old, staying curious at this stage of the game, for someone who's been on the planet 81 years, the tendency is to think, You've been there, done that, seen it, heard it, know it. There's nothing new, you know, and so life becomes ho-hum. We tend to disconnect and numb out because we think we know it. No, you don't. You don't. There's so much more that you don't know. So, you know, one thing I say to people in trainings, uh, you know, I've been doing this work for almost 50 years. I don't know very much. I don't know very much. Yeah. And particularly when people come in to do transformational work and maybe they did a workshop or they did a training or they went to a retreat or they did a weekend or something and they'll come in and they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I know this. I've already done this. Mm -hmm. And I think, good luck (laughs) because you barely scratched the surface. I have barely scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. And that keeps me curious. That keeps me passionate and creative and interested to know Mm. what's in that threshold from 85 and beyond what's beyond what's the new beyond hence my podcast the new beyond is that place in consciousness that lies beyond everything we see or know right now Mm. it has no reference to what already is wow wow that that gives me chills, Judith. I mean, and listener, you know, we speak on these things and here she is coming with her wisdom and reinforcing and empowering you. And I just want to lean in and encourage you, drink this in. Here's a new voice mm-hmm. who is sharing with you the wisdom of the ages and, uh, well, yeah. not such a new voice, but a new voice on your podcast. Anyway. A new voice on our podcast. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, this is as neuro coaches, we, we speak about these things a lot, Judith, but, um, hearing it through a new perspective, a new lens is what I meant by new voice. Yeah. It, it it not only reinforces, but it actually opens up those new perspectives. And I'm just super grateful for that. And with within our trusting the process, within our trusting ourselves, within our keeping an open mind of curiosity and learning, which curiosity defeats judgment, right? Oh, and... Yeah. Being in this process, this beautiful process of life, what would you tell us to practice along with remembering? I love that. I know you do too, Alex. Um, what would you tell us to practice in terms of uh, being leaders? Uh, interesting that uh, Alex and I had a little conversation about being a boss versus being a leader. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Alex was sharing about her way of being in the corporate world or, or in in the educational setting 
was coming from a place of that she was in control and that she knew everything. At least she felt she did. And I, I commented, well, you weren't really being a leader. You were being a boss. Mm-hmm. And so being a leader is not about controlling and having the answers. It's really about bringing, being intimate with the people that you're leading, being wow. in relationship, which is a very feminine way of leading, mm-hmm. right? So it's connected and relatedness and being curious, mm-hmm. seeing that your job as a leader is to support people to bring forth their best selves. And so mm-hmm. h- how does that happen? How how can you be a catalyst to uh, support people connecting with, getting into, leaning into, owning, empowering themselves to bring forth their own greatness, to even see themselves mm-hmm. in in that light. Um, yeah. So I think as a as a leader, it's not about having answers. You can't ever mm-hmm. have anyone else's answers, but it's really about allow your curiosity to guide you into the kind of questions that would evoke the learning happening over there mm-hmm. in, in the other, in, in the, in the people that you're working with, they know yeah. their answers. They don't know. They know them. Yeah. Right. The empowerment so I, piece. Yeah. 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 So when I work with someone and I'll ask a question and they, if their response is, I don't know, I'll I'll follow that up with, would you like to know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Great. Wow. So what if you did know? If you knew, what would the answer be? If you knew. And there's always a place in people where they know. You know, there's always that place. And we pretend not to know what we know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes knowing what we know there's a price, there's a cost to know yeah. those things. We would prefer those inconvenient truths. We'd prefer not to know, you yeah. know? So I think my role as a leader, our roles as leaders is to be a catalyst for people to, to, uh-huh. to be, to be like the grain of sand in the oyster that causes the oyster that, that creates enough irritation. You see that grain of sand. The reason the oyster produces the pearl is because the grain of sand is an irritant. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a coach, you ask the kind of questions that provokes someone. And mm-hmm. I say you do it with love. You do. And, and so they know when they know they're safe. And they know that you're coming from love and they're not threatened. So it's not about threatening anything, but coming from a place of love and interruption. Mm -hmm. There's that word interruption. So that's what I mean Mm -hmm. by being that loving interruption. That is a kind of irritant that causes the person to secrete the pearl, which to me represents the genius, the greatness, the gem right? Mm-hmm. We, we are the gem to bring forth that gem requires some yes. kind of interruption because left to our own devices, 
people are naturally thrown to comfort. We're thrown <laughs> to safety. We're thrown to predictability. We don't want to be interrupted. You know, the alarm goes off in the morning and what do we do? We hit the snooze button. <laughs> and so people have hit the snooze button in their life, on their lives, all of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when they encounter someone who cares enough about them, I mean, you wouldn't be doing this work with someone if you didn't care about them in the first place. Yeah. So Very when you're true. coming from that place of being a loving, caring interruption, and you can actually announce that, you know, as a leader, you can communicate that, you know, yeah. here's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Here's where I'm, I'm seeing from a place that you can't see, you know, it's like yeah. the people that you're leading your job as a coach or a, a leader is you got the whole field of play in your perspective. Mm -hmm. You see all the players, you see the movement, you see how the plays are progressing. Mm -hmm. You see where the plays are breaking down. You see where the players are breaking down and they mm -hmm. can't see it because they're in the action and yeah, you know, they've got their blinders on, but as a leader, your job is to hold the space for all of it mm -hmm. and to be able to be an interruption and provide guidance and, and illuminate a path yeah. to make, to shift, to make a shift. Does that make sense? That's so powerful for me. Um, Alex Leanne working in the corporate, I'm working with entrepreneurs, coaches and celebrities and, what resonates is the catalyst because I think of a catalyst as like a flame. So it, it being that flame is really what's sparking them to come to life and, you know, being yes. the, the irritant, right? And I hadn't yes. thought about it through that lens and that one feels holding that kind of tension feels more uncomfortable Absolutely. in the way that I coach. And so this well, is that really yeah, powerful. Yeah, that requires to be that, requires that you get yourself out of the way. You yeah. know, if you're going to be yeah. that, if you're going to work at that level with people, it means you yeah. get your own approval needs out of the way. You yeah. get your acceptance needs out of the way. You get your personality out of the way, your ego out of the way. And you're, it's, it's a pure, you know, mm -hmm. it's a pure telling the, the pure difficult service. Yeah. yeah. And Judith, yeah. as you're speaking there, cause I know it's something that you have, you also spoke to a lot working with us is, is being neutral because I think mm -hmm. that having worked with a lot of leaders is, and even just as you're speaking, shifting into that neutrality, yeah. right? Being yeah. unattached. And, and I, I speak in because I know this is something I was very guilty about, right? Like letting it mean something about me and my leadership. But what you're saying is it's, it's letting go of all of that, letting go of the ego mm -hmm. and really about being and standing for the person that you're with, the team that you're leading, who you're, you know, the impact that you're creating. And, and yeah, I guess it's the being, is there anything else you, you could speak into that for those leaders that yeah. you have a hard time because you know, they want to be liked, they want to be loved, they want to be accepted, they want to be yeah. perceived, and they want to be seen, you know, as this, I guess, the opposite of a bold leader. And essentially, 
and how to be able to step into that, be that powerful leader, be that bold leader, stand for the transformation and not make it mean something about them because of what they're, they're standing for. Well, you know, this is not an overnight process. (laughs) This is not, you go to a workshop, you go to a weekend workshop and you learn these principles and oh, you got it. And now you're totally, you're totally that kind of a leader. This is journey. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't get here. Uh, (laughs) You know, this, I'm speaking to you from almost 50 years down the road of learning falling down, getting back up again. So again, I come back to, first of all, speaking to those leaders that are dealing with all of these personal issues, do your work, Mm. do your inner work. Yeah. There's not, there's no easy, quick, there's no easy, quick answer to this. It's, it's a long steady. It's a journey. And boy, do I mean it's a journey. And so from here, having been on the road, so to speak, actually, even before I began leading, doing transformational leadership work, I was involved. I was a teacher. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been in, in that kind of in that role. (laughs) Actually, I, I tell a, a story, um, I actually started being a what I see myself as a trainer or a teacher when I was seven years old. Wow. <laughs> and can I tell this story to the listeners? Yeah. Yes, please. So when I was seven, I, I do not know what motivated me to do this. It's just one of those things that just came out of me so organically. But I would clean out my parents' garage clear out all the space and clean it all up. And we had a neighbor that lived behind us that had a hospital equipment uh, supply rental company. They rented hospital beds and folding chairs and things like that. And they, so they had these, now we're talking the 1940s, late forties. They had these old wooden folding chairs, you know, that I don't, you guys probably never even saw them, but I, I would go over there and they had a daughter, a young girl. I would invite her to come over. And, oh, by the way, could I borrow a few chairs? So they would literally put chairs on a dolly and bring them over to my parents' garage. This was enrollment. And <laughs> then I would set them up in rows. Yeah. And I would invite the kids of the neighborhood to come over. Mm-hmm. And they would. And I would stand in front of them. I'm seven. And I would invite them to share. And they would share about kids stuff. They would share about, you know, vacations and scouting and dancing lessons and whatever kids were doing. Uh-huh. From that from that early age, I had this curiosity about people. I had a curiosity about wanting to know what made people tick and what were they up to and all of that. And I didn't even remember that or connect that dot until I had a dream many, many, many years later. And I realized, oh, this is who I, this is who I've been all along. Yeah. You know, so I, I would say, look back to your childhood, to those things that you did that were pure joy, that nobody told you or nobody asked you. They just flowed out of you like water, you know, that you loved, you know, what were you drawn to as a child? 
that's probably a pretty good clue about where your zone of genius lies. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so interesting that that was a marker for you and your brain can see that as evidence. We talk a lot about that finding evidence for your success and that was a piece of evidence saying, hey, I have this innate ability, a gift that can be unwrapped and used. And I I love this. Well, Um, I also shared a story um, yesterday, I think it was, I was was speaking on a summit. And one of the stories I shared was in fourth grade, my teacher would leave the room to go use the restroom. And she would always ask me to be in charge. Did I share that with you, Alex? We all, yeah, we talked about it on your podcast okay, as well. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. She would always ask me to be in, I'm in fourth grade. So that's my granddaughter's in fourth grade. She's, she's 10. So I'm 10 years old and my teacher is asking me to be in charge of the room while she left. What, what, I, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. is there something I'm supposed to do while she's out of the room <laughs> with the rest of the room? I didn't know. So I didn't do anything. But I look back to that and that teacher saw something in me that I didn't yet see in me. I didn't yet know about myself. There was some demonstration of some quality that she felt (laughs) she was going to put me in And you said something there, dude, like it was, I didn't know what to do, but it was what my mind went to was your being. And I think that that's what gets disconnected a lot of times with leaders. She saw, yeah. is when we are showing up as leaders, we often are focusing on all the things that we're doing. And you've really driven home like, well, a few things. One is the is your being, the being curious. Yeah. Not having the ego drive your leadership and really looking mm-hmm. at the journey and the process. And there's an expression like wanting to be like, you know, quote unquote, the dumbest person in the room, right? But it's really it, it's it's in, it's looking at it from that angle in a sort of sense, not a, not in a yeah. negative way, but in a positive way of like, be curious, mm-hmm. get, um, ask questions, knowing that it's in somebody else, be sorry, neutral in, in, in yeah. them. And that, yeah, yeah you, you do get to be neutral and that it is, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, oh, oh, it definitely is. And to understand that your job as a leader is not to have the answers. Yeah. It's not your job to have the answers. Yeah. So understand your role as a leader. That's it's not about controlling or yeah. having the answers, but it's about utilizing the human potential mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. people that you're working with. Developing your job is to develop, be a catalyst for mm-hmm. the development of their potential so that they know their answers. They arrive at their solutions because chances are, well, first of all, we can never know another person's answers. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but that that is something that still puts the wind in my sails. You know, that's, I, I'm still going. Um, I I still at 81, I I still feel like, you know, I'm inspired by Einstein. He said, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said, yeah. He said, I yeah. know nothing. In terms of the realm of knowledge and all there is to know, yeah. I know nothing. 
And even now what we're finding out in quantum physics is not all of Einstein's science is in line with that. We're going beyond that. I love that. I have a question out of, out of curiosity. What does it look like to live life in your shoes as 81 years old? So I'm in my 60th year of life. And so I'm not far behind what you have so much energy, you have the vibrancy and it's clear that you use the tools to train your mind and your heart and your soul. What, um, what does it look like to be you on a daily basis? Well, first of all, it looks like you often wake up at three thirty in the morning, mm. three thirty to five thirty is my wake up time. Often, I mean, it's just not unusual. Now, I'm usually asleep by nine-ish. So it's just the cycle that I'm in. Um, So I love those dark, early morning, quiet hours. It feels like a magical time. Yeah. Now, uh, what I do in those dark, magical hours, and I have kind of a routine, a a morning (laughs) here's one that will surprise you. Okay. I love spelling bee. Do you know spelling bee? I I love it. Here's, here's a way that I keep my, the neurons in my brain firing and sharp is I play spelling bee every morning at four o'clock in the morning. I love that. It's a game on the New York times. It has, it's a word game and I love words. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I love words. And so it's a game that has, it looks like a little daisy petal with a letter in the mm-hmm. center and then a letter in six petals all the way around the outside. Wow. And you are to come up with as many words as you can. Uh, all of, every word has to have the letter in the center. Uh, wow. And then there's a, there are one or more pangrams, which utilizes all of the letters. And oh. so I love doing spelling bee in the wee hours of the morning. It's like I'm a kid <laughs> going to the Christmas tree. I mean, yeah. I, can feel the, I can feel the dopamine. I can feel <laughs> the neurons firing and the dopamine firing. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it really, I mean, it really sharpens my mind. It's just like, yeah. bam, 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 bam. Oh, look at this word. You know, you look at it and at first I see nothing. I just see a bunch of random letters. Yeah. And then the patterns start to emerge. Mm-hmm. And then when I get a pangram, when the pangram jumps out at me, or I could be out taking my morning walk, which is another part of what it looks like to be me, three to five miles, like most days, out there on the walk, and bam, a word comes to me, comes (laughs) telling me. I wasn't thinking about it. The pangram, I say, comes in from the field. The pangram comes in from the field, and boom, there it is. I'll go back home and put Mm -hmm. it in. So I, I have a couple, I have three word games I play, Spelling bee, wordle. You guys know about wordle? I've heard of it. And phrasal. Mm. And phrasal. It's, oh, kind of, it, it's kind of a relative of wordle. And they're all word games and they, they really, you know, it's that neurohacking that <laughs> keeping the brain, keeping the brain sharp. And I really yeah. do feel it. You know, so, yeah. so, so it, it, and then, uh, and then it looks like, 
So now I sink into, so now it's like maybe 7.30 or, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Now I want to do my morning read. I get my Mark Nepo. I read my morning read of, you know, meditation with Mark Nepo. Um, I saw that in your Facebook group. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pull this one up. I'm really curious. You want to talk about gold. Oh, my goodness. This is a book of gold. It's short daily reads with a brief meditation at the end. And so I, you know, I do my, my Mark Nepo read, and then I'm also reading a course of love, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, do you know about the course of love? I don't, is it fall? Is it something in line with the course of miracles? Yes. It's okay. It calls itself the continuation of the course of miracles. Okay. It's about 700 and some pages. It's like a, I remember you showing that the book to us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I read a daily treatise from the Course of Love, and this is deep, spiritual, mm-hmm. juicy. Oh, this is really good stuff. It really, you know, it just connects me on so many levels. Teachings yeah. um, that's channeled work, like the like the Course in Miracles uh, yeah. is. So I read that, and then some other read. Uh, right now, I'm reading. Um, uh, Rabbi Zelman Schachter Shalomi's book called From Aging to Saging. And I am developing a course, which I'm going to be launching shortly after this podcast airs. Oh, yay! yay. Yes, I've, I've developed, a, I am developing a new course. <laughs> Can I talk about it? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to spotlight you. Okay, good. Well, it will be, uh, by the time this podcast airs, will be just about the time I will have started promoting it. It's going to launch the first session on uh, July 12, and it's called Elder School. Wow. Elder oh. School. It's wow. a school for elders. Wow. And, and it's called Elder School, Finding Meaning and Purpose in the Third Act of Your Life. Mm, and I really see that this is mine to teach now this has been this has been really percolating I have been pregnant with this work it it is now yeah I mean that's how creativity works we become (laughs) pregnant with the creative potential and we and we hold it and we nurture it and we allow it to grow and this has been growing in me without me being able to really say what it is mm-hmm. it's just a sense of an energy that i'm holding something and i'm mm-hmm. something is building in me and then bam it just it was like i gave wow. birth to this like it exploded out of me wow. and um and so it's it will be eight wednesday evenings eight consecutive wednesday evenings beginning july 12th it will be 90 minute online classes for people now, here's an interesting distinction. Exactly, what is an elder? Mm. What yeah. is an elder? Yeah. And I make the distinction: elderly versus elder. Mm. So I we like can that. come. You can come to your 80s. You can come to your 70s. You can come to your 60s and be elderly. Yeah. To be elderly is someone who hasn't done their work. Someone yeah. who has kind of given up someone who has allowed themselves to 
who's probably been disconnected. We think in terms of frailty. We think in terms of diminishment. Someone who's elderly is diminished. And I'm talking about eldering. (laughs) I'm talking about the beingness of elder. Now, and that can be someone as young as as you, Alex. You're you're what, in your 40s or? 30s. 30s. Late 30s. Late 30s, yeah. Late 30s. Okay. Uh, One could have, so, you know, ideally, one would begin to do their eldering work when they're much younger, long before you get to be an elder, you yeah. want to be, I, I love the question that we started out with about the letter from the 85 year old, because that's really projecting yourself out there and connecting with that energetic presence that is for sure there. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to prepare to be an empowered elder, because that's what this course is going to be about being an empowered elder, uh, you know, a bold elder, if you will. Yes. <laughs> is to begin long before you get there. Yeah. You know, ideally, Carol, 60 is a beautiful age to begin doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Even 55, you know, uh, yeah. AARP, let's be <laughs> at 55. But we yeah. we need to redefine what it is to be an elder We need to redefine what is the role. Who do elders get to be as the entire population is aging? We have people living longer years. You know, uh, the average lifespan by 2050, the average life, average lifespan for a female will be 92. Average. Many people will be older than that. There will be many centenarians. Yeah, And the average lifespan for a male is projected to be 86. So the elder mm-hmm. population is growing. The younger population is shrinking. We're mm-hmm. having fewer children. So the whole, yeah. w- the whole population is shifting yeah. to, to uh, an, an older population. So there are resources there that we need. We need to have people... Yeah get to their elder years and be vital and be present and be connected and be alive and be passionate and creative and curious and all the things that empowered elderly uh, eldering implies. So yeah. I, I see that that's mine to teach and I'm getting ready to teach it. And I'm so I love that. That's such a gift, Judith. It's just an yeah. absolute gift. Cause yeah. it's almost like, as you said, it's the third stage, you know? It's like, when I think of you, Judith, I know that I've heard you share before, like for you, life is just beginning Yeah, in your eighties, right? Life is really just beginning. And so it's an opportunity for everyone to embody what you are standing for that life is just getting, just getting started for you. There's so much more out there. Yeah. A whole new, you know, I, I used to think of myself like Carol, when I was your age or when I was in my seventies, I thought of myself as a baby elder. Mm. just a toddler elder, if you will. Yeah. Now that I'm in my eighties, when on my 80th birthday, when I turned 80, I really saw I'm, I'm standing in a portal and beyond that portal is my eighties and beyond. Mm. And it's all new territory. I've never been there before. I don't Mm. know what it is. I'm curious. It's going to be an adventure. I'm going, here I go. 
What, who yeah. do I get to be in this new land, in this new territory called elderhood, mm-hmm. elderhood. So, yeah. you know, it's what I've done all my life is to yeah. teach what I am currently learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to be in elder school along <laughs> with everyone. Else. And, and the name, well, I kind of struggled with what to call it. You know, it's really about. I, I love it. <laughs> do you? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought about calling it becoming an empowered elder, and it really is about all of that. But I thought, you know what? I started. Are you ready for this? I began as a kindergarten teacher. Wow. My first teaching assignment was teaching kindergarten. Wow. Now at the other end of the road. Yeah. It's teaching elderhood. Yeah. Yeah. Empowering wow. elders. So and there's maybe a lot of quarter correlations between teaching kindergartners when I think about in an yes. empowered sense, yes. simplicity, clarity, being childlike in an empowered sense, letting setting the ego aside. So there's a lot of yes. uh you know positive <laughs> cross cross teaching there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point because it is a it is a kind of return to the awe and the wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, you think mm-hmm. about a child like Abby. Abby is still discovering the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're Alex's two and a half year old daughter. Everything yeah. is still very new to a two and a half year old. Yeah. And so yeah. everything is filled with awe and wonder. And when you, when one becomes an elder, and we're entering that new territory of elderhood, it's all over again. It's it's the awe and the wonder of the newness and discovering what is life like here on this territory. Yeah. So if I enter that territory with a sense of adventure and anticipation, awe and wonder, I'm going to be empowered to be connected and present and still, you know, um, you know, I think it's about leaving a legacy. I think it's about uh, mentoring the younger generations. I think it's about giving and contributing, you know, wisdom. It's about sharing of wisdom. And so I think that's, that's the work that I'm being called to do. I love that. Judith, you just said something there that really landed with me. What you talked about there about the curiosity and the wonder and that sense of adventure, that gets to be applicable at all stages of her life. It does. Right as I enter this new stage of being a mom of two, right? I get to go in there with curiosity and wonder and sense of adventure, the surrender of it and, and this allowingness of what that gets to be created. And even, you know, I I think of putting the hat on as the corporate leader, as you walk into the room to have a conversation, when you encounter somebody like our entrepreneur listeners, our coaches at any stage, at any moment, even when you're about to go have a conversation, you know, with your loved one, just by walking in with that, with, with, from that, that place of being that curiosity piece with it's, it's being detached from the agenda, right? It's really just being open to, and it comes back. I feel like this word curiosity is a really great word to really sum up a lot of what you shared today, Judith. Yeah. Yes. If we all just like everyone listening, if, but at any stage of life and anything that you do, even as you're going from one room to the next, when you can walk into that place from that place 
of that being of curiosity and wonder and adventure and not know. I guess it is a place of not knowing, right? But that exactly. being okay with that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Of not knowing. Here's the truth. Yeah. This moment has never happened before. Yeah. I can't possibly know yeah. about this moment. And yeah. the next moment has not happened before ever. Yeah. This yeah. day of your life has never happened before. Yeah. You can wake up in the morning and see it as a brand new, clean, unused unsoiled day. It's a pure day of possibility. Who do I get to be on this day? You know, or I could wake up in the conversation of, Oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Day? I've got this and this and this I got to do. And Oh, I don't want to. And you know, it's like, who are you going to bring to the day? Who are you going to bring to the moment? Yeah. You're going to bring the one that's filled with curiosity and wonder. That's who I want to be in the moment. Mm, yeah that's who I really choose to be yeah in the moment and I don't always succeed I mean let let me be very clear let me be really straight with listeners I fall off the horse just as much as anybody else and I I, maybe I've just had a little bit more practice getting (laughs) back on yeah and I can get back on maybe a little quicker that's it yeah and you know honestly this is where we lean in too with the neuroscience where the brain resistance is going to happen because the way our brains operate, the way they're wired and they function. But as, as we do the work that you're encouraging us to do and that you do, we also literally tra- change the structure and the function of our brains. And we can see this in the gratitude research because mm-hmm. we have millions of miles of neural networks. So we're all, we're talking about something called synaptic pruning, where you're removing an old limiting belief and you're replacing it with a success belief or a truth about you and who you are. And when that happens, um, there are millions of miles millions of miles of those neural networks. So, you know, you can, when you know that information could be like, what difference is the work that I'm doing making, but it's making a difference in literally how your brain operates, the structure and function of your brain. It's making a difference energetically in the world. And so everything you're saying just lights my heart on fire. Oh, good. That's a powerful vision or visual that you just shared, Carol, about millions of miles of neural networks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. The work is worth it. It is definitely worth it. Well, and that's what you're saying earlier, Judith, right? Like it, it do the work, right? And that's what's powerful when you, we do look at like neurohacking, it is being able to help you have the tools to be able to neutralize and erase what is no longer serving you and really look at, yeah, what you have this life and embodying that curiosity and and shifting, changing the story, right? You operate up until this point and you have the power to choose how you want to change the story, be in the moment and how you want to yeah, because that's it's always the it's the being, right? The being piece of the being of of choosing that blank slate and looking at it from that place of curiosity. So Judith, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I mean, there, there's so much wisdom that you shared and just embodying the the process 
and yeah. acknowledging like it's, it isn't an overnight thing mm-hmm. as much as we sometimes want things to have been happened yesterday. And just as if we can, as we enter and look at things from a different perspective and a different angle, that's how we get to be neutral. That's how we get to be these really powerful, impactful leaders, because it is about standing from that place of curiosity and seeing what you can create and, and embody that right the way through your whole journey, yeah. your whole life. So thank that's you for right. driving that home. Oh, and yeah. Leaning uh, into the honesty and the brain, the brain resistance that comes up, like yeah. saying, you know, I, you, you get up with those days, you know, like we all do. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's called being human, right? Right. There's nothing, there's nothing unhuman ab- about, you know, we still have our humanity when we're 80 and when, when we're in our eighties. In fact, it shows up in some really interesting and sometimes quirky ways as well. And that's all, you know, as Ram Das would say, who's another one of my reads I love, um, it's all grist for the mill. And to understand that everything that happens in life is grist for the mill. You throw it in the pot, you you light the fire, you stir it, you know, you render it. It's mm-hmm. like Merlin the wizard. You know, who turned, you know, the myth of Merlin who turned lead into gold. That's the alchemical process that human beings, you might call that neurohacking, that human beings can metabolize their, um, their, their faults, you know, that we can take our weaknesses, we can take our least desirable qualities. Um, I did a a podcast just recently on learning to love the unlovable, which is taking those least lovable qualities and bringing, bringing them in, bringing them into the fire of your, of your love, of the inner furnace of your love Mm -hmm. and transforming those qualities from pesky, annoying things that irritate you and all of that with the, with love transforms everything. Mm. Love is the ultimate transforming agent. So. Wow. Most powerful force in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's wow. Right. Thank you also for me, Judith. This has just been wonderful and enlightening and, um, much, much confirmation and affirmation as well, the compassion on ourselves as we go through this process and getting to look at things through a new lens, a new perspective. So well, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. I I love the work that you're doing. Uh, you know, the work that you're doing with women to really empower them in their lives and in their, you know, in their workplaces and in their families and all of that. We need all the female empowerment kind of uh, forces out there in the world, and it's happening. And I'm I, I'm actually very very encouraged. I think that we are just, if I may, um, we are in a moment in our collective history as as human beings on planet Earth. We are in a collective moment of massive global transformation. And it's a, it's a difficult, challenging, scary moment because it's the moment in transformation. Transformation is death and rebirth. That is, it's the caterpillar to the butterfly. And we, we are in the cocoon of the caterpillar where the caterpillar is dissolving, right? It dissolves into a gooey, mass inside the cocoon 
And if you cut it open, you would kill it. We are in the part of the transformation process collectively in the world where all the old systems are crumbling and breaking down and Mm -hmm. they're not sustainable. It's not sustainable how we live on the planet. It's not sustainable how we treat women. It's not sustainable how we treat minorities and, you know, all of the, uh, you know, people that are deemed, you know, immigrants or trans or LBGTPQ and, you know, all the, I almost went to chat GPT. Um, (laughs) It's not sustainable. All of that. Yeah. yeah, It is in the process of being transformed. And while we were, well, we are currently in that moment where it's breaking down and it's scary because it looks like the whole, we're going to lose the whole thing. We have to lose it in order to rebuild it and gain it. So we are the ones who are here now and we are the ones who get to be the leaders and who get to hold the space and who get to represent the kind of consciousness that is going to have it come together in a way uh, that represents the truth of who we are, the Mm -hmm. oneness, the love, the connection, you know, it, it has to, it has to transform to that. And that will be, it's on our watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably won't live to see the end result. And that's why I feel, you know, called to pour into the world, mm-hmm. my life and life to pour into whatever I can to support that process, to be a catalyst mm-hmm. for that process. And I'm just one person, mm-hmm. you know, there are people like you, you're doing it. So thank you for being who you are and doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. Thank you, Judith. Well, we're grateful for your mentorship and your guidance and being that catalyst for us that have had an opportunity to to work with you and be mentored by you. And as then we become that next generation to stand for and be the catalyst for the next. So it's that positive ripple effect, right? And as you're talking to Judith, I was thinking about my daughters. You know, when I found out I was having a second daughter, that's what really hit me, right? And really empowering that next generation of leaders and standing for and just being that positive positive ripple effect down from generation to generation. So thank you, Judith. My pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this special one-year anniversary episode of the Unleashed Podcast with Judith. And if you want to grab her book, connect with her, join her Facebook community, enroll in her amazing program that's in July, we'll have all of the links in the show notes. Elder School, yes. (laughs) And we (laughs) we will see you all again on our next episode next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Ciao for now. Hey, Beyond Squad, before we go, let me take a moment to thank all of you for being here. And if you're up for it, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please take a moment to go over to Apple and leave a review. You can actually say some nice words or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does make a difference and I would be so appreciative. Meanwhile, we'll see you next time here in the new beyond. The hope you have is hope that you can trust. The truth is that the future is up to each of us. Each of us.
Watch inside.